Sports fans rejoice. You're listening to My Team, My Voice with MTMV Sports. Yo, this is Maddie Ray, and you're listening to MTMV Sports. time fight fans all across the globe have been waiting for it's the mtmv main card with your man the voice as always let's start off with some headlines and hot takes dana white said in a video for the las vegas review journal that quote first of all he didn't make weight speaking of davidson figueredo joe still fought him There was a headbutt, a lot of controversy in that fight. It was a great fight. Both guys came to fight. I'm sure you know how I feel about him not making weight. We'll do it again. They both deserve it, end quote. Benavidez told MMA Fighting that he wanted to do it again, and I'm sure Davidson would love to do it again as well, especially seeing as he KO'd Joe the first time. If they're going to keep the flyweight division around for the men I think this is the way to go Matt Mitrione will get a short notice fight versus UFC and PFL vet Honey Marks Mitrione steps in for former UFC heavyweight champ Josh Barnett at Bellator 241 PFL inks another name as the Canadian gangster himself Olivier Obama Mercier joins the lightweight division for season three this is the second notable signing they've had for the upcoming season after adding former bellator welterweight champ rory mcdonald on the prayer list this week we have still rob whitaker and liliana i'll be praying for them every episode of the main card until i hear that she is well as well as rob's wife cyril gone He had a collapsed lung during training, so he's off of next month's Brooklyn card for the UFC. So definitely praying for him. Everyone associated in the Abdul Razak Alhassan rape case. The verdict came down. He was deemed not guilty, but I'm praying for everyone involved in that case. It was said that the investigators did not do their due diligence in charging him in hearing some of the details of the case it was questionable to me I mean anything is possible and you never ever ever want to downplay someone's claims of that nature being a survivor of sexual abuse myself I always take seriously these kinds of claims what was just kind of puzzling to me was that he wore a condom. Most people who are raping people aren't hiding with a condom on to do it. So that kind of raised red flags for me again. I was not saying they didn't do it because anything's possible. And then to leave it there as well as proof was just, it was really brazen. It was very brazen. 
if it were rape. And who knows? It very well still could be. Don't know. We know that the jury found him not guilty. So praying for everyone involved and praying specifically that justice is met. Also praying for AJ McKee, who suffered a torn LCL in his last fight. Praying for Josh Barnett. He was supposed to fight for Bellator mm, a couple shows ago. Couldn't do it. He was supposed to fight on Bellator 241. It's a stated Matt Mitrione is taking his place. This is all due to not being cleared to fight. I don't know what's causing him not to be cleared to fight, but I'm definitely praying for him that he gets things in order, whether it be due to drug use or due to health issues. Maybe it's just time for him to hang it up. Don't know, but praying for him because I know this has to be difficult, especially after going through all of the things he went through to get out of his contract with the UFC and then waited for a while before even entertaining the thought of fighting again. Birthdays for this week. We've got Zabit, Zabit Magomed Sherapal, Sage, Super Sage Northcutt of UFC and One Fame, Heath Herring, who helped Brock Lesnar get his first win in the UFC. Didn't train with him, but the fight that they had was, yeah, it was phenomenal. I still see Heath rolling over backwards in the uh, cage as Brock was coming full steam ahead after him. Herschel Walker, who fought for Strike Force, his birthday is this week. Same Herschel Walker, who is just a all-time great as far as football is concerned. Jimmy the Brute Crute. Tim Sylvia, former UFC heavyweight champ. Anthony Rumble Johnson. And current women's flyweight titleist for the UFC, Valentina Bullet Shevchenko. This episode of the main card is going to be a little different fight fans got some surprises for you uh, some some little shakeups and some things i think you're gonna like it so keep it locked and up next we'll have some sweet science conversation on the old one two What's good? It's your boy Stephen Malcolm, and you are listening to MTMV Sports. Let's get it. Time to go between the ropes and step into the squared circle for the old one, two. And in boxing news this week, a couple weeks back, Canelo had this to say I'm going to fight on May 2nd, and we will announce the opponent. There is not one opponent defined yet. At the time of recording, it hasn't been confirmed, but many sources are saying that Canelo will face Billy Joe Saunders on May 2nd. According to those around Canelo, offers had been made to Callum Smith and Rioto Morata, but they both turned them down due to financials. Those multiple sources also say that Canelo should face off 
with Billy Joe Saunders in Vegas on that date. That is the date of the zone launching really worldwide, entering some 200 different markets. So having Canelo fight would be a huge boost for them. My thought initially was that, okay, yeah, they're getting into all these other markets because they have other sports properties that they want to push in those markets. I know they have darts and billiards and uh, football, but what people in America call soccer, but football and just all kinds of different sports properties that they show here in the U.S. and then things that they show in other parts of the world that they aren't able to carry here in the U.S. like the NBA and the NFL and they carried Major League Baseball last year so I thought that they were doing this primarily for that but they've said that they are still in the boxing business which is great for fight fans because that should open up the door to a number of opportunities as far as things that we'll get a chance to see those of us who subscribe to the zone on that same day Dillian White and former champ Alexander Bovekin will face off in Manchester and since this is a matchroom promotions fight this is really kicking off fight season for the zone I got an email today as I was preparing to do this and they were like it's fight season and I figured they were going to say as much with all the big big fights that they have coming up like I said on the 2nd of May you got those two fights which are really nice fights the one in the UK will be a nice it'll be a nice lead up to the fight with Canelo and then we know that on June 20th in the UK as well AJ is going to take on Puliev at Tottenham Spurs Stadium. So yeah, fight season is definitely back on for the zone. Speaking of the zone, on Saturday, March seventh in Manchester, got Callum Johnson versus Igor. I'm not gonna try his last name. Uh, <laughs> light heavyweight. They'll be fighting one another. Twelve rounds, and then Scott Quigg is taking on John O'Carroll on that same card. 12 rounds at junior lightweight in Brooklyn on Fox PBC's got a card featuring Adam Kovnowski taking on Robert Hellenis and that's a 12 round bout FA Jogba will be fighting as well in a 10 round heavyweight bout on ESPN plus from Brentwood England Danny Dignam will fight Alfredo Melli in a 10 round middleweight bout that's going to do it for the old one, too. So as we step back between the ropes and out of the squared circle, after this break, we'll get into some cage time. On the MTMV main card, keep it locked. Yeah, yeah. RAERadio.com brings you the block every day from 8 to midnight central time we got the best in urban inspirational music so every night gone swing through the block on raeradio.com 
This is Santia Deck, and you're listening to MTMV Sports. Keep it locked. The pen is dropped, the cage doors locked, the thumbs go up, and they start the clock. It's cage time, fight fans. And I'm going to do a little bit of a rendition of the House of Pain, jumping around just a tad bit. I'm going to start off with Bellator 241, which will be on March 13th from Mohegan Sun in Uncasville, Connecticut. The curtain jerker is a heavyweight bout between Matt Mitrione and Honey Marks. Uh, I mentioned that in the headlines and hot takes and all the surroundings of that. The next fight up is the voice and marquee matchup between Anatoly Tokov and Fabio Aguiar at middleweight. Tokov is undefeated in Bellator, trains with Fedor, and a win could make him the next contender for the middleweight title recently vacated by Rafael Carvalho. Musasi and Lima will fight for that vacated belt in May. Fabio is making his Bellator debut. He'll enter the cage undefeated since June of 2015. It's the voice marking matchup due to the potential title implications that come with this bout. Not so much for Fabio, but for Anatoly. Those guys that have been training with Fedor have been doing their thing. And on that same card in May, Vadim Nimkov, another one of Fedor's protégés, will be fighting Ryan Bader for the light heavyweight title. Looking to get a little bit of revenge, seeing as Bader knocked out uh, his mentor. Paul Simtex Daily will be facing tough alum Sabah Masi the sleek sheik himself that fight is at welterweight and simtex probably will look to take out a bit of his bellator frustration on hamasi seeing as he lost his commentary gig for bellator europe recently co-main event is a quarterfinal bout for the featherweight grand prix it pits Daniel Weichel versus Emmanuel Sanchez for the second time. El Matador is 4-1 over his last five, whereas Drake is 3-2 during that same time. They both won their round one fights for the featherweight Grand Prix, and a raised hand gets the victor into the semifinals. In the first meeting, Daniel picked up a split decision win over Sanchez. That one was for three rounds, though, and this one is scheduled for five because it is a featherweight Grand Prix quarterfinal. Headlining the card is another featherweight Grand Prix quarterfinal bout, but this one is for the title. Pitbull versus Pedro Carvalho. Pedro was scheduled to face Darian Caldwell, but the champ had the ability to choose whoever he wanted to fight. And Pitbull picked the SBG Ireland product as his first opponent. Pedro is undefeated since November of 2016. That includes four appearances in Bellator. All but one of those Bellator fights has been stopped by Pedro. Pitbull's last loss was just three months before that injuring his leg versus Benson Henderson in a 
lightweight bout. Since then, he's won the featherweight title as well as the lightweight titles and bested the participants in the co-main event. Said I was jumping around a little bit, or I should say I'm going from March 13th to March 7th, which is UFC 248. That'll be coming to you from the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada, and will be on pay-per-view. There's some nice fights on the undercard. Got Rodolfo Vieira versus Serbek Safarov. Gerald Mearshart versus Deron Wynn. Francisco Trinaldo versus John McDessey. In the feature prelim, we have Dana White Contender Series alum, Sugar Sean O'Malley, who calls himself or says that this is the Sugar Show 2.0 because of all the time that he's been out. Been out ooh, almost two years or so with injuries and USADA suspensions. He'll be facing Jose Teco Quinones at 135 pounds. The main card opens with what's being looked at as a loser leaves town kind of fight. You have the always entertaining Alex Cowboy Oliveira versus Max Griffin. Both of these fighters have been on some losing streaks, which is the reason why the loser would leave town. The next fight up on the card is Voices Marquee matchup pitting Neil Magny versus Lee the Leech Jinglaing. It's the Voices Marquee matchup because, like Sugar Sean O'Malley, Neil Magny has been out of commission for right around 18 months, and I want to know what he's going to look like after being out all that time. On top of that, the leech really seems to be hitting his stride. He's been winning his fights. Last time he fought on the same card as the now champion, Zhang Wali. He looked phenomenal in that fight. And many people thought that he should be like in the top 15 as far as rankings are concerned. Went and took a look at the rankings before recording and There's a certain someone sitting at 15, which I don't know if a win for either of these fighters would get them a shot with the number 15th ranked welterweight currently because it's Conor McGregor. If it was anyone else, yeah, they'd have that opportunity. But for Conor, not so much. I don't know how he's ranked at welterweight anyway. It's been one fight. He fought Cowboy at welterweight. Neither of them have fought at welterweight in about a year's time. It's just, yeah, UFC doing UFC things. Anyway, I digress. It is the Voices Marquee matchup because will Magni be able to turn a new leaf and really get the ball rolling again? He was on a roll for a moment beat the likes of Kelvin Gastelum in main events, was really doing some things. Then he had a couple losses within those last five fights. And now being out all this time, how is that going to impact him? The leech seemed to be like he is definitely on a roll. Did an excellent job in his last bout and is 4-1 over his last five. And that includes a three-fight winning streak. 
So yeah, again, you got a lot of nice storylines going on with this fight, which is the reason that it is the Voices Marquee matchup. The next fight on that card is Benil Dariush versus Drakkar Close at lightweight. There was a little bit of beef between these two, but then as Drakkar talked to some different people, the six degrees of separation uh, that you have in, in talking to those who knew Darius, she was like, ah, he's not the guy I thought he was. Don't really know what a win does for either one of these fighters because at lightweight, you need to have a good seven fight win streak or so just to even be a contender. And that's not putting you at the top of the heap, whereas a seven fight win streak in almost any other division would definitely put you in title contention. So I guess a win for whoever will get the ball rolling as far as them making any kind of moves. Now, we've got two title fights on this card. So we're going to give them the main event treatment right after this break. Hello, everyone. My name is Camille Grant, one of the co-founders of Purely Bachelorette. What we offer is a clean and fun bachelorette party box that is incorporated in bachelorette parties and bridal showers. Not only do we sell products for parties, we are also a community that strives to build each other up with relationship goals, sisterhood, and maturing in life with godly wisdom and advice. Come join us on our website, purelybachelorette.com, and our social media pages under Purely Bachelorette. God bless you and have a great day. Hey, yo, what up? It's Tori Deshaun, a.k.a. Boopy, and you listening to MTMV Sports. Scat. Red Corner, you ready? Blue, what about you? Well, all right. It's time for the main event of the MTMV main card episode 122 in this main event we're doing something a little special instead of having just one fight featured in the main event we're featuring both title fights because they are both fights that deserve main event treatment the co-main event could very well be kind of sort of the people's main event I know it's the fight that I've been looking forward to ever since I heard that it was being announced with this card I was like oh that's gonna be a really good fight didn't think that they would lead with it because of the champion Zhang Wei Li won the title last year in spectacular fashion in China put herself on the map and really carries the hopes and dreams of the UFC because if she can be successful she can then be the face of the UFC in the birthplace of martial arts which she currently is but she can really carry that flag as the champion and take MMA 
to higher heights. Now, granted, you do have one championship that has some fights there on a regular basis, but the UFC is the big dog, and if they can make their way in with this champion and with the UFC PI that they built there in Shanghai, the possibilities are great because anyone can come in and train. They don't have to necessarily be on their way to the UFC. They can be training and then go to one or to Bellator or to some other organization. Could get picked up by the PFL. Nobody knows. But having her there really helps. And she is really putting the time in to try to become the face that the UFC, and it seems like she desires to be, of MMA in China. She'll be facing Joanna Jantrejcik, JJ, Joanna Champion. And this fight has become very, very contentious between them due to Joanna just being Joanna. And the more time goes on and the curtain gets peeled back, yeah, Joanna may not be the nicest person out there. Someone put out a meme making fun of the coronavirus had Joanna in a gas mask. She put it out. Zhang did not take very kindly to it at all. It was just in poor taste. She could have maybe gotten away with that had she not then done some other racist things. So that's made Zhang like, look, I'm, I'm ready to take her out now. JJ's like, look, I'm Joanna Champion. I've been here before. I was just about to tie Ronda Rousey's record, who Jean said was a great influence on her and really caused her to think that this is something that she could make as a profession. Jean just comes in, you know, she's strong and she uses that might, but she's never been five rounds like me and things of that nature. Typical Joanna talk. The talk is there, but the answers will come in the cage. Zhang is stronger. Zhang hits super hard. Is she as technical a striker as JJ is? No, no, she's not. Can she get it to the ground? That's really one of the greater questions, along with will JJ's chin hold up to Zhang's punches? Remember, when she was on that trajectory, right there, ready to tie Ronda as the most winning female champion in the UFC, she ran into a nice, nice strike by Rose Namajunas. And Zhang hits super hard. The strike that Rose caught her with, though, you weren't really expecting to see from Rose. Rose is not known as a knockout fighter. So that could have caught her off guard. Whereas Zhang is a destroyer and is a known destroyer. So I'm sure Joanna will approach it a lot differently. She'll probably approach it the way that she did with the person that Zhang beat to get the title, which was Jessica Andrade. Same kind of build, same kind of skill set. So it would be smart to do that. One thing that she does have as an advantage is that she trains 
at American Top Team. And American Top Team has game planned for Sean Whaley before. They were not successful <laughs> as Tisa Torres was bested by Sean. Sean's only lost one fight, and I believe it was her first fight. Sounds a lot like Cyborg, doesn't it? Strong, powerful striker. Only losses in her first fight. Yeah. However, Joanna's got a different skill set. We don't know what Zhang's gas tank is like for the championship rounds. Will it get there? I don't know. Will Zhang try to take Joanna down? Probably. And that would be good because whatever she can do to get her down and try to wear her out is going to be beneficial to her. Because JJ gets stronger as the fights go on. Now the main event. Oh man, this fight... The, the word that comes to my mind is delicious. <laughs> I don't know why delicious comes to my mind, but that's what came to my mind. This is a delicious fight between my man. That's right, Niger. Stand up. Israel, the last stylebender, Adesanya. And Yoel, the soldier of God, Romero. This is the first time that Yoel will be fighting for the title that I won't be rooting for him. You all know your man, the voice tries to stay unbiased when it comes to the fights, with the exception of fighters from and or with ties from St. Louis. And I failed to say this in cage time, but Neil Magny lived and trained in the St. Louis region. He went to Southern Illinois University at Edwardsville. It's in the metro area. As a matter of fact, Tyron Woodley was his wrestling coach when he was there. Just showing you the proximity. Definitely rooting for him. And if you are Nigerian and or Nigerian descent, then your man, the voice is rooting for you. So I'm pulling for Izzy. That's why I am not picking and or rooting for Romero. In this fight, love him, but I gotta go with Izzy. The things that that man does in the cage are phenomenal. I mean, he's like Neo for real. He talks about uh, ready player one, I aim and fire. He literally does that. They showed some things leading up to the fight where he got the unified title by beating Robert Whitaker. They showed how. He threw a left, pulled the left back to block Whitaker's punch, then stepped around, came with the right. Oh my God. The dude is, is, he's a bad man. He's a bad man. The issue is, he's facing a bad man in Romero. And unlike his other title fights, Romero actually made weight this time. He didn't look real good. His face kind of looked like Skeletor. But he made weight. Will that impact his ability to keep pace? His key is lulling you to sleep with his inactivity and then exploding out of nowhere. Will he be able to explode the way that he wants to and needs to because he actually made weight this time? I don't know. Will that lulling nature cause Izzy to think hey yeah I've got him I know what's gonna happen 
and then get caught. It's not like Izzy hasn't been knocked out before. Not in MMA, because he's undefeated in MMA, but in kickboxing. Has he learned from it? Absolutely. Hopefully, he'll use the things he learned in those days and, and not run into shots, not go in recklessly, not think, oh, I, I'm just so good that nobody can do anything to me. No, Romero can knock you out at any moment. He can go from standing up to down on the ground, jumping up and, and doing a flying knee. I mean, he, he can come from any angle with things, which is why I believe this may be a very technical fight. Think about his fight with Anderson Silva. He did not do a lot of stuff that that opened himself up to finishing Anderson because he knew how dangerous Anderson was. He may have to employ those same tactics here. However, Izzy knows what has happened with the other fighters. He knows the wars that they've been in with Romero and the other fighters being Paulo Costa and Robert Whitaker. Though he beat Whitaker, he still wants to show that I'm better than Whitaker. He definitely wants to show that I'm better than Costa because Costa should have been the one that was in this fight. He couldn't because he was injured. Costa took him the distance for three rounds. I truly believe that Izzy wants to stop him, but nobody's done that in the UFC. And the last time I believe that Romero was stopped, it was at light heavyweight. Do the middleweights have enough power to stop him? Accuracy and timing are key when it comes to striking. Those are things that Izzy has in spades. Will the accumulation of damage be enough to help wear him down so that he can get him out? Like maybe around the third round or so. Who knows? That round, if it gets there could be a pivotal round because history has shown that's been a very 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 good round for Romero think about his fight with Tim Kennedy knocked him out in the third round think about his fight with Chris Weidman knocked him out in the third round third round is a good round for him so if it is to get there because Izzy also is one that builds slowly takes that first round takes that first round like spider downloads the information comes back in the second round really starts to pour it on and then by the third round he's built up quite a bit of momentum that third round could be a wonderful culmination of martial arts and strategy but again it can also be a very very technical bout buckle up strap in and get ready for what could be a historic ride. That does it for the MTMV Sports main card episode 122. I've got an interview locked and ready to go with Eric Heron. He produced a song called John Jones, which is a phenomenal song. You get to hear that song in the interview as well. That'll be dropping very, very soon. Make sure that you're checking out the Huddle Up on YouTube. That drops weekly. You can also listen to the MTMV Sports and Music Show on GH3 Radio, which is a part of the Dash Radio Network, every Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific. 
And then also, make sure you're subscribing to MTNV Sports on your favorite podcast platform, whether it be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, I mean, you name it, Podcast Republic, we're out there. Make sure that you are subscribing so that whenever this goodness drops, it'll be right there for you. Sports fans rejoice. My team, my voice. It's your man, The Voice, host of the MTMV main card. Until next time, God bless and keep it together. I'm sounding off.